Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Mind Flow podcast, a podcast about how to figure out the mind, use the mind, explore the mind to reach some sort of flow state, whatever it may be. This is going to be a really fun podcast that is going to jump through many different topics when it comes to mindfulness and performance. And to make this podcast happen, there are two of us guys here who have crossed paths and are now here recording an episode. My name is Christian Barber. I guess I will be the resident dummy of the podcast, so to say, or the uh, not the expert. We'll introduce the expert in the moment, um, and I think we'll discuss why. You don't have to be an expert to get into mindfulness and, and, and to learn about this mind flow. But joining me on the pod, my co-host, uh, you know, I wouldn't be doing the pod without him here. We have Stu Singer. Stu, I'm really excited that we're uh, finally making this happen. We've been talking for a few months now and, and we're here recording the Mind Flow pod. It is happening. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And I'm uh, also stoked that we've finally got this going. It's been a while, but it's been fun to get here. But I'm really looking forward to us uh, uh, getting these conversations started. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll we'll be posting this. We'll be recording this a little earlier than its release date, obviously. But as this comes out, I want the audience who is listening in to get a little better understanding of who you and I are and, and how we got here today, why we're having this conversation. So I'll go ahead and quickly kind of preface it, Stu, and then let you get into a little of your background. Uh, I, I've talked to you maybe, I want to say maybe two or so years ago now, I kind of got into the mindfulness world, uh, started the route of meditation at first, uh, found it was very difficult for me to sit still for 10 minutes. It still is very difficult for me to sit still for 10 minutes, uh, but kind of got into this meditation route, started to really see just this whole entire new side of life, to be frankly honest. And then I really started to flow into the yoga side of things and, and now have become uh, for over a year, a really intent yogi did yoga this morning. I've uh, been waking up every morning, doing it early in the morning. Stu, you'd be proud of me. Uh, and I'm actually also currently studying. I need to get back to studying a little bit to become a certified yoga instructor. So I'm really getting into this mindful mindfulness world. And I was lucky enough to meet Stu at a work leadership conference. Uh, I work for a company called Pro Skills Basketball, uh, where I actually host another podcast, the Youth Hoops Pod, all about basketball. I'm sure we'll have to plug it at some point. But we brought Stu in to talk to our group about mindfulness, about mindfulness for coaches and, and all kinds of things. And, and Stu and I were able to connect afterwards, really just because I'm interested in this. And, and you're someone who has spent so long studying this, working with athletes. Uh, and since then, we've just connected and, and said, man, we had a few really good conversations and we were like, we need to record these. We're having some really good topics, talking about some really good things that other people would like to hear. So I'm new. I'm new to the game. I'm about two years into this mindfulness world and I am so sold, so bought in. Stu, you have a much longer journey than I do. You, you've you been doing it for a while, working with a bunch of athletes. Why don't you give a quick look into your background and, and what brought, brought you sitting here today recording with me? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a former uh, athlete then turned into coach that then turned into um, I got a master's degree in counseling and and decided I was going to counsel you know basically high school aged students and uh, and be a coach and and that was the goal um, and yet for whatever reason the 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 mind portion of performance just kept being this calling this interest that I had and it it 
spurred me on to say, hey, maybe I want to pursue this more specifically, the idea of performance psychology, sports psychology, uh, which I ended up doing and, and, you know, went on to complete all my doctoral coursework in, in sport and performance um, psychology. And, you know, it's been probably, I don't know, a 15 plus year journey um, in this. And, um, and one of the core parts of it has been my, my own practice of mindfulness and the impact that it's had for me personally. And then um, all the various teams and athletes that I've worked with. Um, and I just feel like it's something that, and this topic plus the idea of mindfulness, which is what connected you and I, is just, it's so powerful and important and effective and healthy. I, I just wanna get the word out and have as many conversations as possible so that people understand what it is, um, not to be intimidated by it. It's nothing to be intimidated by, but it is a little bit misunderstood. Uh, people think it's easy, like you, you know, maybe you thought going into it, then you're like, holy shit, this is hard to sit still and focus. 100%. And, Damn, where's my mind going? Why does it go all these places? And it's the first time sometimes that we actually just try to stop and follow it. And when we try to stop and follow it, we realize, wow, it's, I'm all over the place, um, which is not unique to you. It's, it's really all of us. And it's the first time that we try to, um, kind of harness it a little bit and, and rein it in. Um, and that starts a really, really cool journey. And I hope that this is just an extension of that journey. Yeah, definitely. And I think it'd be fair to say from our conversations, maybe what even led to us wanting to talk more is I think you could maybe even see the excitement in my eyes as someone who has just newly discovered this and, yeah. uh, it, you know, has only learned so little, but have uh, realize all of these huge things. And you're right. I think I even, when we first talked, was like, man, I've been, I think I was asking you on advice for what I should do because I can't sit down and, and, uh, sit still and not think of everything. Um, actually when I was doing my yoga this morning, had a really tough yoga morning. Couldn't, couldn't get in that place. It's just the mind was attacking me. And we'll talk about, I'm sure, get into why that's okay. And that's a part of it. And it's not always going to be easy, but we'll get to that. Um, I do want to add, I didn't add, you added in there talking about coaching and stuff. I'm a trainer as well. Uh, so I work with a lot of athletes. So I'll bring um, perspective there as well, but work with them a lot on the physical side. And, and recently here in life, I've been starting to challenge my athletes on the mental side as I've learned more. Um, and as I will continue to learn more from you. Okay. So we're both two guys who are really interested in this topic. Uh, mm -hmm. One of us has done some uh, doctoral work and uh, one of us is just getting an online yoga certification at the moment, but we're both <laughs> passionately interested in waking up in the morning and figuring out what is going on inside this skull up top and, and, yeah. and all the powers that can be unlocked. And, and Stu, as we were talking, we were like, all right, we need a catchy name for this podcast. You got to have a catchy name or what are you doing? Yeah. You're wasting your time. And we sent back a bunch of things back and forth. And, and then we came to this name, mind flow. Uh, which is obviously a combo of two words. It's it's not one word. It's not in the dictionary yet. Uh, but once this pod has a couple billion subscribers, we may have to add mind flow as one word. But, you know, it's obviously a combination of the mind and flow. And, and a lot of people who are in this mindfulness world are aware of this concept of the flow state, getting to this state where you're flowing, you're, you're riding with the waves, whether they're crashing hard or, or, or they're nice and calm, you're just there riding with what's happening. So Stu, I want to just kind of pass it over to you. Like what, what does mind flow mean to you? The combinations of the words or, or really just the, the overall topic of what's bringing us here today to talk. 
Yeah, you know, like you said, you and I went back and forth around that idea of like, what is what what is it ultimately that we're going to be discussing? And we, you know, and and mind flow just kind of hit. I mean, you, I think you came up with it, but it was just like that was it. The mo the moment that you shot that one over, like that's it. That 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 makes sense. And so, let me see if I can break it down as best as I possibly mm -hmm. can. Um, I think sometimes that we um, interchange brain and mind as as one. Um, but they're not one, they're, they're kind of separate. And the easiest and best way to, to discuss the difference is that the brain is like your hardware. So if you picture your, your cell phone, right, there's hardware inside of the phone, correct? Yep. But then it's got an operating system. And the operating system is the, the mind, all right? So we all have essentially the same brain. So our hardware is similar. What's different is our operating system and our operating system was created through a some genetic components. So what was passed down from us from parents and family genetics, but it's also then impacted by all the messaging that we received growing up uh, and you pull all of that together all those years and then you put together how you individually process that information and that becomes your working operating system. And so when we talk about mind, here's the part, we can actually update our operating system. Mm. And so that's what we're going to talk about is, look, our, our hardware is pretty similar across the board. I mean, literally from here to the furthest, you know, out, outreaches of, of the world, our op, uh, the hardware is the hardware. It's the operating system that can be manipulated and changed and, and up, updated. And that's going to be the mind. And so when we talk about that idea of mind, that's what we're going to talk about is the idea of what are exercises and, and, and skills and practices that are actually going to potentially highlight the things that we were that we've used within our operating systems that are actually not very functional. So they're outdated. And how do we come up to the very newest operating system and, and the skills and the, and the exercises and the lessons um, are going to be how we do that. And we can do it. It's proven and we know it. And, and, and again, I'm fortunate to be able to, uh, to have been doing this long enough that I've watched individuals move from one operating system to the next and watch them start to feel better and perform better and, and just kind of be more engaged and happy in, in whatever they're doing. Yeah, I love that. And I want to break down the flow part in a moment, but I want to tap in really quickly to what you just said about the mind, because uh, you really hit me with this metaphor that you subscribe to heavily. Uh, I, I know with your app, you call a lot of these workouts, correct, that you do workouts, right? Mindset so workout. I think mindset workouts, a big thing I think I've heard you say is like, hey, we take the bicep and we do curls with it because we know if we do that enough, enough contraction and time under tension uh, combined with eating well, we'll make that muscle grow. And as you're saying that, I'm almost thinking like, oh, wow, we all have the same hardware of a body. We all have a mm -hmm. skeletal system. We have that same hardware. Maybe your, your software is your muscles. And some people go and decide to do exercises that build those muscles, which then make their hardware stronger. And you're saying it's the exact same, the same way you want to get jump higher, you go squat to jump higher. There are the exact same things. If you want to mentally perform higher, you need to do these mental exercises to train that software. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I mean, obviously there are some differences in the functioning For of sure. it, but at the end of the day, that concept is exactly it. And that's why I call mindset workouts. It's the idea that 
if you want your your mind to perform in a strong way, then you better have exercised it in a healthy way prior. Why would we expect it to do its best work under the most taxing scenarios if we have not exercised it in a healthy, proactive, consistent way? It just wouldn't make sense, but we leave it up to chance a lot, um, more so than we should. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's the same, it's the same concept and that's kind of what we're, we're trying to get to. Yep. So that's awesome. What about the flow side of it? I feel like we spent a minute there breaking down the mind. What is the mind? Uh, very, you know, I, I didn't even think of the difference between the mind and the brain now thinking about it. It's obvious, but I love the way you broke that down. What about the word flow? How does that come into play with our topic? So flow would be, you know, the kind of like when we talk about being in the zone. And, and so the easiest way to describe flow is that it's kind of this um, effortless feeling, even though we are putting forth great effort, um, but you, it almost feels effortless and completely engaged in what we're doing, um, almost as if time and everything else is all, all but slowing down, yet we're going at the exact pace that we need to and, and, and all that. And, um, and so that's called a state of flow when everything just kind of is in line and in rhythm, um, and yet feels somewhat, um, you know, effortless, even though we are giving the, the appropriate amount of effort. And, and so when you think about the mind and you think about state of flow or being in the zone, uh, and then you put those two together, that's kind of what we're chasing. Um, and I, you know, I'm the first to say, I don't have it bottled. Like it's not like there is no five step system. And I don't know anybody yet that can promise a five step or 10 step or whatever to get into it. But we can talk about a ton of things that can get us out of it. And, mm. and, and also the things that must be in place in order to find that peak state. Um, and, and so that's what we're going to talk about. And I would say that almost every one of us have achieved that flow state at some point, whether in sport, whether in music, whether in art, whether in just, you know, work that we're doing, um, everybody's achieved it at some point. So we can reference it, but man, it, it's, it can be elusive for sure. And I think, you know, to put it in, in, in some similar terms, I once had, uh, someone much older and wiser than me tell me they made, they, it blew my mind when I was younger. Uh, this was maybe five, six years ago, Stu. And I don't, I didn't even really understand the mindfulness stuff now, but, uh, he was a sports psychologist as well. And he told me, he was like, think back to some of your best athletic performances for me, you know, days I'm a basketball player where I just shot the lights out. He was like, do you really like, remember what you were thinking? Do you really remember what's going, what was going on? And as I really sat down and I'm like, no, honestly, like I almost kind of blacked out in that moment when I was just couldn't miss just shooting unconscious. And he was like, exactly. And he was like, now adversely, think about those days where you're missing shots all the time. He was like, you're probably thinking nonstop, aren't you? You're probably like, oh, my shot's short. Oh, I don't have enough legs. Oh, my follow throughs off. When you're overthinking, you're not actually typically performing at that super high level. So yeah, it, it's trying to find this state where you're not thinking because 
you put in the work proactively to be able to get to that place and experience that. And now, Stu, I really do think, uh, like I said, I'm a big yogi daily. I mean, almost an hour a day at this point, whether it's two sessions or, or one, and I love it. And this morning was awful. Couldn't stop thinking about everything I had to do today. Awful is maybe the wrong word. That That is sure. the wrong word. Uh, it was just uh, I, I couldn't fully reach that flow state. But I was also mindfully aware that it's okay that I couldn't reach it this morning. But there have been times even if it's only for a minute stretch where I'm in my room, I'm doing yoga and I will notice like, whoa, I was able to really forget about everything for a moment and just be in this high lunge. And I really got so zoned into my breath and it is a really cool feeling. Uh, but then I quickly realized, darn, I wish this would last longer. Yeah. I think that a better way potentially of thinking about this, um, is that, we actually may not be in flow state or in this kind of peak space for hours at a time. What we may be able to do better is get there again and again and mm. again. So it's a lot mm -hmm. of the, the, the way I would maybe phrase it is like focus, distraction, refocus. And, and it's like this nonstop, like, so you getting that minute where you were just like, whoa, like I was completely, but the moment that you acknowledge that is like, that's you then coming out you're of out it. You're out of it. Yeah, you're out of it. And, and, but that's okay. Right. And in fact, I would say not only is it okay, it is what is normal. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, but can I slip right back in? Okay. And the best sessions, the best games that somebody performs uh, that's really what we're trying to do is not so much say like you know uh, a, a basketball game can last two hours let's say uh, at the collegiate professional level um the 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 question isn't can i stay in it for two hours there's almost no way there's almost there's no almost way you can do that literally no way there, it would Unless all, you're it would, like lived on an island for 20 years and never spoke to anybody and meditated all day, every day. Yeah. I, and, and even then I would wonder because then th this environment would be so chaotic and so you're distracting right. that it would be so you're hard, right. you know? So like I go with the idea, I, I don't think it's possible or at least, you know, I, I, I've, I have yet to see it, but we can get really, really good at being in it a lot, many times over and over and how, and minimize the spaces that we were in that distracted mind that was overthinking things. Like when you mentioned the overthinking part, you didn't even mention the, and what are my teammates thinking? And what are my coaches thinking? Are they going to pull me out? Are they not going to pass me the ball? Um, you know, what are the, the fans, fans, social media? You know, yeah. And in today's day and age show up on like, there are so many additional distractions and, and it's so common. And I, you know, and we, we want to believe that the best of the best, the elite of the elite professional level, aren't going through that, that they, they're just different than us. Um, they are different. Uh, it's their bodies, it's their skill set, but their brains, their hardware really aren't. And their operating system may not be unless they've done this or they were fortunate, fortunate, fortunate to run into someone in their lifetime that just kind of gave them this really good system. Uh, but if not, they're battling kind of these same, they're doing the same exact thing uh, that we might do when we're out 
playing 18 holes with our buddies and want to mm-hmm. win. Yeah, no, and and that's the goal of what we're trying to do. You said it right there. Take the mind, the software. I, I believe you said earlier you can upgrade that software, which every time I have a software update, it takes hours. So it always <laughs> says I got to be asleep and my phone's got to be charged. So maybe I need that in my personal life. But if you can upgrade that software, you can learn to tap into that flow state more frequently, become aware when you're not in that flow state and try to enter back into it so that you can perform at a high level. That's the whole whole point of this. You, you have your own brand called Well Performance. It's all about using all of these tools to perform because we are all performers. And I want to segue that right into the back half of our conversation here, Stu. In our talks, you've mentioned this thing the performance environment. I know you are huge on performance, as I would say, we probably all should be because right now I'm performing in front of this mic. We're, we're performing in everything we do. So talk about this performance environment. Yeah, I just feel like every place that we consider important to us. So, you know, if our, if our home is important to us, you know, uh, I know that you have recently got married. I hope that you mm-hmm. consider like when you come home, you don't want to be an asshole. You don't, you don't yes. want to be in a bad mind space. That's not fair to you, to your wife. Right. Uh, I don't want to be in a bad mind space at home. I, I want to be able to give my best to my wife, my kids, you know, like that, that matters to me. So I want my mind to be good and I want to quote unquote perform well in my duties and my roles at, at home. Um, then when I'm, you know, doing my job, I'm, per, I'm performing, you know, I'm up speaking to a room full of people, you know, the, the day that you and I really connected, I was up in front of a room and honestly, yeah. when I'm done speaking for an hour, I'm typically tired. Um, you know, you're up there and the energy's high and, and you're hoping to connect and, and, and answer questions and, you know, give. You're trying to give of your energy and yourself and everything. And typically when I finish now, while I'm in it, the adrenaline's flowing. But when I, you know, I'm done, I, I'll feel like, damn, I just did something because you're, you're mm-hmm. deeply in it. Uh, or if I'm one-on-one with, with a client, it, you know, it, you're still performing, you know, you better listen, you better understand, you better make sure that they feel, uh, that you are paying attention and that you're, you're on, on, um, the same wavelength, you know, or hearing them at least. And so all those things are performance. So the performance environment coaches create the performance environment for their athletes, for their players, executives and leaders within corporations create an environment uh, for their, for their staffs to, to perform within. And here's the thing. If, if the leaders of those environments aren't well, and by well, I don't mean necessarily like clinically not well mental, mental from a mental health standpoint, I just mean they're not they're not doing the, the proper exercises. They're not taking the right amount of time to tend to themselves. They haven't done the background of understanding why we do what we do. Then inadvertently, typically, you know, not certainly not because they want to, but they're bringing those kind of unhealthy, not great, maybe not effective habits into the performance environment. And that's what they're creating. And now they're replicating that to the people that they're leading. And so our, when I talk about the performance environment, that's what I mean is like, there's this place where we're just trying to find peak. And so the environment better be conducive to finding peak. So if the environment happens to be not conducive to finding peak, it's really hard for us to understand why, like, why would we believe we're going to get the best then out of the people that we're trying to lead? 
Okay, so let me pose this question. And again, for any audience member out there, uh, Stu and I have not, you know, scripted this before. We we met before to talk about a few major topic points, but we just kind of had a few points that we're going to run with it. So I'm going to ask very genuine questions. I hope the audience is thinking as well. Let's say someone out there, a player, uh, probably not a coach because they most likely are creating the environment. Uh, but let's say a player or, or for any situation, an employee at a job, what yeah. if they're in an environment that someone else has created, their boss, their coach, that they can't exactly control? It is a negative environment for whatever reason, whether it's a coach that yells too much, a boss that has too high of expectations that are just like unreasonably, whatever it may be, they're creating yeah. an environment that's tough for you. What what can you as an inv- individual do on your end with your software, with your mind to be able to still step into that environment and, and flow? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a really, it's, it's, it's hard first. Like, like we, we should be honest about that, that, that it, that it is hard if that's the case. However, what we should be doing is, you know, I, I, and I repeat this all the time and we'll probably say it a million times throughout this pod is, you know, you should be doing some practices that are intentional, proactive, and you're, you're doing consistently, um, first and foremost. So you're, you're essentially training your and upgrading your, your, um, mind slash operating system. And, and so that you are putting yourself in like the most healthy mind spaces you possibly can. And we'll talk about some of those. In fact, we'll dive into the, those skills and, and um, exercises. So first and foremost, that's what you have. So you, got, you have to practice it. The other thing that I would just shape that with and, and put, put um, some structure to is what I call the three core principles. Um, so one is, is, is learning how to give your attention to the present moment. Um, the, the, the replay and the preplay are where stress and anxiety live. So either we're replaying negative events or we're predicting the what if, um, but both of those are not present, right? They're either in the past or the future. Uh, can't change the past, can't predict the future. So why do it? So we have to play, perform, live as present as we possibly can. Two is to give our attention to what we have control of. So you mentioned it, like we don't ultimately, ultimately control the environment. That's, that's typically the people above us saying that if enough of us are functioning really, really well within that environment, we are shaping it back. And at some point we may even be shaping it upwards and, or we may create just a good enough relationship where we can say like, Hey, leader or coach or teacher or parent, this isn't working. What about doing it? You know, if we have that level of, of, of um, relationship and, and uh, ability to have conversation. So we do have some control then, but, but first and foremost, lock in to what it is that we do have control over. And then the third is what we call the judgment. So we're trying to stay clear of the judgments and uh, judgment. One is self-criticism. Um, so directed towards ourselves, we can be pretty harsh. We have to be very careful with the words that we say to ourselves. Two is giving too much um, power to the opinion of others. So we're too focused on the opinion of others. And then lastly, um, we compare. Um, 
you know, what am I getting? What are they getting? Am I better? Am I worse? Am I taller? Am I shorter? Am I stronger? Am I weaker? Am I faster? Am I slower? And, and we just do all this comparison stuff and, and those judgments can really weigh us down. So we have to be really, um, uh, train our awareness to notice, oh man, like I'm bought into judging right now. I need to kind of slowly just flow, um, and slip back out of, um, caring about those things. Not that they don't exist, not that it's not normal for our minds to drift to those spaces. We're just trying to say they're not effective and healthy for us. So let's see if we can kind of see them, uh, but not stay within them. I, I love that. I love your explanation of it because there are a ton of us out there, uh, a ton of people, players, employees, whatever, who are envi in environments that they can't fully control that someone else has set. And I'm sure if they're listening, they're sitting there thinking, well, I can't go change uh, his or her mind, but I can, I can try to work on mine. And also, Stu, we're doing this podcast uh, because I know you have a strong passion to get this message to leaders so that we can hopefully go and, and, and create a better environment from the top so that the people below don't have to suffer and don't have to, you know, go through their challenges just to be able to perform well in this environment. If, if leaders out there can set a good environment, then that gives a great uh, base level for their athletes and or people they're leading to perform at a high level because they're not also trying to fight your environment and the normal stresses of whatever the performance may be, whether it's sport uh, or, or life. But can what I, I pick back on that real quick? 100%. 100%. Real quick on that is, and, and then the other part, however, is, is that not just so that their people can perform at their best, which is super important because that's kind mm -hmm. of the goal, but it's also like, so they can perform at their best. And so they show up in a way where they're kind of happy with who they are and they feel themselves taking care of themselves. Like we don't talk enough about leaders taking care of themselves like there's a there's a there's a toll there's a cost to leading people and being second guessed and and all the things that go into coaching and you know having people you know kind of suggest that this intentions are you know one thing when they're really not I mean that's there's a toll to all that and so how do you manage you well how are you proactively taking care of you because if you're just talking the talk but you're not walking the walk, man. Your your people that follow you watch what you do more than they listen to what you say. And so it, it matters that we are taking care of ourselves first so that we can take care of others. Definitely. And I also want to uh, paint the picture. I'm sure you agree. Although I've kind of been taking the last few minutes to say, hey, well, what about the people, the employees or the players? What, what should they do? And then what about the bosses or the coaches? What should they do? But in reality, Stu, I would argue just about all of us are leaders in some type of environment. We lead yep. somebody or something somewhere. So we all have an environment ourselves to create, you know, I, I guess maybe unless you are a five-year-old listening to this pod right now, uh, which is amazing. You may not be leading much, but anyone else, you might be leading your younger sibling at home. You might be leading uh, your, your spouse. You might be leading your friend group. Uh, so I think we're all leaders I always of environments. Say that at the very least, we're leading ourselves, right? Like the words mm -hmm. and, 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 and habits and daily routines that that leads us. So I, I want, it's a phenomenal point that you're making and it's the truth. Like we are all at some point performers and leaders period. 
So to kind of conclude our, our first conversation here, this, this first episode, and we are going to dive so much deeper into so many different topics, uh, meditation. I, I want to have a whole episode on yoga. We'll get into some of the science of the brain. We'll, we'll, we're going to just talk so many things. That's why this is going to be such a fun pod. But if someone has had their interest peaked over the first 30 minutes of this conversation, Stu, and you've mentioned these practices a few times, right? We've kind of addressed the problem here or, or uh, that, that, the goal is to use your mind to upgrade your software to achieve the flow state. But what are, you know, three or five of these popular practices that people do in this mindfulness realm? Yeah, I think what what listeners can expect to hear a lot about, let's 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 do it like that. And we won't be able to dive deep at all today, but just yep. just think about and I'll kind of frame why these are really important. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to use this phrase and I'll probably use this over and over again throughout this podcast, which is um, simple, but not easy. There will be nothing that I say, at least I don't think that anybody's going to be like, holy, that's so complicated. Or like, my God, I've, you know, like that's, I've never heard of anything like this. That's not what this is going to be about. In fact, I don't want it to be about that. I want it to be something that you're like, man, that's pretty practical. I can, I think I can apply that right away. Right. So here they are, um, and, and, and you know, we'll add some, I'm sure, but we can, if we start with these few things, we're, we're in really good shape. One is breath work, like just simply learning how to manage our breath to then manage our system. And so the, the simplest one to start with is just deep breathing. Um, and you know, just a little cue is to always make sure that the, that the exhale is longer than the inhale, uh, mm. or calm to create calm. So if we can fill up the belly pretty big and then the full exhale is longer than that inhale, um, it will absolutely trigger what's known as our relaxation response. So if you're ever just too high, you're too anxious, your stress level's too high, you have to, you know, give a speech and you're, you're pretty anxious about it. Literally learning how to use your breathing is probably the simplest, not easy way of doing it. So one- is that tra That's transitioning your body from the sympathetic to parasympathetic nervous system or the other way around? Nope, you were right. Sympathetic to parasympathetic, okay? which we'll, we can dive in, man, that can be its own topic. That's a whole episode. That's a whole episode. I'm taking um, notes. Yeah. A two is, well, we will definitely dive into mindfulness practice, which just as simply as I can define it is the um, non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. So essentially mm. just being accepting of exactly what is right now and being aware of it. And then, and then, uh, you know, an, another one that we, I'm, I'm guessing that we'll get into is the practice of gratitude. So of learning how to be grateful for even the small things, you know, like, you know, I, I would say that I'm pretty grateful every single morning for waking up, uh, having a great family, um, and my coffee. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being like, man, I am so grateful to have this warm cup of coffee this morning. Um, you know, those things and, and many, many more. And, 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 mm -hmm. it, you know, the, the thing of it, and we'll jump more deeply into it when we talk about the topic for real is just simply that we can't be both grateful and angry at the same time. 
so the, the more that we can, you know, train ourselves to have these moments where we either jot down or acknowledge the things that we're grateful for, the more we're building that pathway to, to reach that space. And we'll talk about a lot more things, but, but I, I can pretty much tell you if you're able to do those three things on a daily basis, what you will end up with is somebody that's probably started to really learn how to manage their mind and their emotions. Um, and then yoga is a really um, a wonderful combination or culmination of all of those things that I just mm. mentioned. They're all part yeah. of the practice. Um, and for me, you know, talking and discussing, and I think you're, you know, way more an expert on yoga, although I practice, I'm not, I'm not going as deep as you do, but it's such a culmination of the mind body experience um, around all of these things that I, you know, absolutely a foundational practice. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, again, uh, for audience members, we're, we're here at the end of the episode, but I'm going to be asking the most genuine questions from things I hear you say, Stu. So I'm hoping the audience has the same thoughts. And like right there, man, when I asked you about those practices, genuinely, I was thinking you were going to say, you know, meditate, um, stick one finger in your ear and breathe three times. And like, I thought you were going to say these like physical actions. And I, I, I'm just right away taken aback that I was just not even in the right place that you say like breath work, mindfulness and gratitude. Yeah. Breath work, I guess is a physical action, but it's they're not actually like, hey, you go sit down for three minutes and you do exactly this X, Y, Z thing. No, they're kind of like continuous ongoing expressions of gratitude or mindfulness. So I can't wait to discuss them further um, and get deeper into those topics. Can I connect uh, it to what you said absolutely, earlier? About absolutely. So if you think about a great workout, you want to get strong. And you go and you work out one day there's really no change. Like it was great. You I'm might be sore. You might, you might be hurt sore, really. That, that might be it. Um, now, you do that consistently with a good program uh, in a healthy, fundamentally sound way. And you come back six months from now or even a month from now, you may need notice actual difference in what you're looking at physically. But what you probably definitely will be able to notice is like, wait a second, I can only lift 100 pounds when I started. Now I'm up to 150 pounds. Like, so you'll, you would be able to see and feel the progression of what strength feels like. I will guarantee you for the most part that if you do these things as we're speaking about them and you do them over time, all of a sudden you may not notice it in any one day. It's the cumulative impact of doing these things well that all of a sudden you're like, wow, I handle that better than I used to. I, I used to fly off the handle or I used to get extremely worried or anxious and I'm not there. What's going on? And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I've been practicing these things continually. And it's the same. It's the exact same process. Um, and it's something I'm just beginning to touch the surface of having a good day where I have a good practice and I have moments of mindfulness. It's something you've been working at for a long time. And it's something I hope everyone out there listening will, will start to get into this concept of, of mind flow. Excellent first episode, Stu. Uh, I'm 
so excited. This is the end of the first episode, but just the beginning of the conversation as now we've really set the scene and we're going to begin to take a deeper dive into some of these practices, the different elements of them, what you can do. Uh, I know we're planning to have some awesome guests on here to talk about their experiences of high level performance and, and what they've gone through. Yep. So we have a lot of really awesome, exciting conversations coming very soon. Uh, again, this is the Mind Flow Pod. If you enjoyed this conversation, stay tuned because we have many more coming your way. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.